ask you something. Have you guys ever gone stone skipping? You know, you, you look for a rock and you look for the flattest rock. You, that's the best. And you get some people and you join, you join you and you all just start skipping your stones. And the one whose stone makes the most skips is the winner. Has anyone here skipped rocks this summer? Let me see your hands. Anybody already skipped rocks this summer? All right, I see some people in here. That's awesome. It is still one of my favorite things to do. I love stones. I love rocks. I can remember a few years ago in this particular place along Lake Michigan, I was walking along and at Lake Michigan, they have lots of rocks, right? And so I was just marveling at all of the stones and the different variety and the textures and how they had been weathered and layered over time. And I remember thinking to myself, Wow, if these stones could talk, all the stories they could tell. Throughout the Bible, stones are mentioned several times, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But one of the most widely uses of stones was to build an altar. Now, an altar is a memorial of worship built to remember where a person met with God and God met with that person. And I think it's also, I was reading a lot of stuff about stones and the building of the altars. And I came across, I just found this very interesting that in Exodus chapter 20, verse 24, it says that when you use stones to build an altar for me, don't use cut stones or stones that are dressed up in any way that you would use a tool on them for you will defile them. I think that's interesting for a lot of reasons, but I think in this particular reason today, the stones were to be natural and left uncut to help us remember that it was the work of God alone without any human effort. In Joshua chapter three and four, we read this amazing story. It's one of my favorite stories. And we read that God instructed the people of Israel to build an altar of uncut stones. Now, this is the point where they are about to enter their promised land. This land that God had promised them a long time ago, many hundreds of years ago. If we back up, we realize that they were 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And we know that God chose Moses to lead them out of that. He parted the Red Sea, they walk across it, and then they enter the desert wilderness where they were there for 40 years. So this has been a long time coming. They are excited. They're finally about to enter this promised land. Only one thing stands between them and that promised land, and it is a river. And it's just not any river. This is the Jordan River at flood stage. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a river at flood stage. I happen to live near the Mississinawa River and occasionally will walk along the river walk there. And when that river floods, the places that I normally walk, I can't walk there anymore because the water is overflowing, almost forming a lake. But there are places where I can walk up on the bridge and I can look down into that river when it's at flood stage. And what I see is water flowing quickly, 
current moving around like this. It's so interesting how the currents will swirl around. And then all of a sudden you'll see pop up a huge log. I don't mean just a stick, it's a log. And sometimes I can even see the roots of that log or sticks and rocks and debris. It is a powerful and frightening sight. So let's think about the Israelites. They're looking at this river and they're thinking, wow, how are we going to get across this river? And so scripture tells us that they decide to camp. It's always a good idea to camp, right? <laughs> so they camp for three days. We don't know why. Maybe they thought the water would recede in three days. Maybe they were coming up with a plan. But then as we follow the story, we hear that the officials go throughout the camp after the three days. And it says that when you see the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the God's presence, when you see it start to move, you get up from where you are and you follow it. And scripture also says that Joshua tells them, to consecrate themselves. You spend some time praying alone with God because tomorrow is gonna be a big day and you're gonna, do, you're gonna see God do amazing things. And this is exactly what happened. The Ark of the Covenant started moving, God's presence was moving. The people got up from where they were, they followed it. And when the priest's feet touched the river's edge. It says that the waters peeled back. And I mean, it peeled back some 20 miles away, a hefty pile of water. The rest flow, flow downstream to the Dead Sea. And the people walked across. It said hastily across dry land. Man, I, I just want to see what that was. Now, I know it was hundreds and hundreds of people. I think it was some 670,000 men, but that didn't include the women and the children and the livestock. So they're all walking along hastily, going across. I thought, man, I would like to do some kind of Jordan River shuffle. To the right, to the right, now kick, now kick. Now I'm walking on dry land. Walk. I mean, it... I would be so excited to be walking across dry land thinking, what has God done here? I'm so excited. But then we get across and this is where the stones come in. And it says that God told Joshua, pick 12 men, one from each tribe, and they are to carry a rock. Now, it wasn't like these rocks because it says that they hefted it on their shoulder, right? and they carry it to the place where they are to stay that night. So we know it probably took a whole day for this to happen. And they stack those stones on top of each other to help them to remember that these stones were to be a marker, a sign, and a reminder. Reminders are so important so we don't forget we put reminders in our phones. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, we forget. But we need reminders. Over and over the, throughout the Bible, I, I started looking this up too. How often God said to remember, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from the land of slavery, the land of Egypt. Remember the former things of long ago. I am the Lord your God. There is no one like me. 
Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And when he had given thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, eat, this is my body given for you and do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he says, this is the cup of the new covenant given in my blood. When you drink it, remember me. It's as if God really knows us. I mean, he does know us, right? And he knows how likely we are to forget. We are forgetful people. And I'm learning this more and more the older I get. I walk into a room and I'm like, now why did I come in here? And then I walk back into the room and then I go, oh yeah, that's why I'm in here. Kids, you're in here today. Let me ask you a question. Do your parents ever forget your name and they call you by your brother's name or your sister's name? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or sometimes, oh, they've called you by the dog's name. That's even worse. Or how about this? God answers a prayer and we forget about it unless we have reminders. I have three friends that I meet with regularly. And one of the things that we do that's so important to us, we don't leave until we do this, we pray. We pray for one another. We pray for our children, our grandchildren. And one of the times that we had met, I had written in a journal the many ways that we had been praying over the years and how God had answered that. And I read it. And as I was reading it, we would sometimes say, oh, wow, I forgot about that. You see, we need reminders to what God has done, lest we forget. Now, there was a second set of stones, and this was Joshua's memorial. It says in Joshua chapter 4, verse 9, And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Hmm. Have you ever been in the middle of a raging river in your life at flood stage, longing to get onto the other side of this? This could include things like maybe a financial crisis and you feel like you're gonna drown in debt. Or maybe it's in the middle of a hard relationship and you feel like you're drowning of a broken heart or of loneliness. Or you're waiting, you're in the middle of just waiting for a prodigal son or daughter to come home. And you just feel like you're drowning in that worry. Or maybe, maybe you're in the middle of raising children and you feel like you're drowning of exhaustion. Anybody here relate to that this morning? Yes? And you know, we who have been through this, we say some, I mean, they're true things, but they're kind of silly. We see them, these families coming in. They look so cute this morning. You might've even said this. Oh, enjoy these. These are the best days of your life. (laughs) Meanwhile, you don't know that before they got here this morning, they fed the children. The kid dumped it out and fed the food to the dog. Then they get everyone ready. They're trying to look for the clothes. Someone, you can't find someone's shoes and you are exasperated. Finally, you find it. You get everyone in the car and there's like this really bad smell. 
and the baby has made a mess. And so you take the baby into the house, you change the baby, you bring it back. And I gotta say something here. Those five point harness car seats is enough to put this grandma in overwhelming sweat, trying to put those children into the car seats. And then the family comes in and we say, enjoy these days. They're the most (laughs) precious days of your life because we have forgotten. We have forgotten. But the point here that I'm trying to make is that in the middle of this Jordan River, okay, where Joshua put his stones, and we are in the middle of ours, we can sometimes forget and lose our footing. And we need to remember that even though we may not be able to see that we may not be able to see those stones today that are in the Jordan River that Joshua put, like we can the ones at Gilgal if you go there, Scripture says they are there to this day. And that reminds me that in the middle of my Jordan rivers, when I feel like the floods are going to take me under, like a riptide is going to pull me under, I have a rock. I have a foundation upon which I can stand. Isaiah says it best. He says, see, I lay in Jerusalem a stone of great worth, a tested stone, a tried stone, and anyone, and it is a foundation, and anyone who believes in this stone will not be shaken. They will not be toppled toppled over. Yeah, they might get knocked down, and they may get some few bruises and cuts and some scars, but at the end, they remain standing because that is a tried stone, a tested stone that can be relied upon. The stones of the Jordan River marked the movements of God's people that they left everything that they knew and they followed God to some uncertain places. And they had challenges to their faith. But as we can see from this story today, they were willing to put their water, their feet in the water, even though they didn't know what was, was gonna happen. We can see from this story that God's presence went with them and delivered them into their promised land. I love the end of chapter four because he says this. He says, he says to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do, these, what do these stones mean? He says that you are to tell them that God delivered you on dry land, just like he did with Moses when you crossed the Red Sea, just like he did on the Jordan River and you walked across on dry land. These stones are to help us to remember that the hand that to help, um, this is the important part, that all the peoples of the earth will remember that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That the hand of the Lord is mighty. See, that's not for, for them. It was for us to remember. I want to ask you this morning, Are you willing to lay this foundation for your future generations here? And kids, I'm talking to you because someday 
You're going to get married. Your parents are already praying for your spouse. I can promise you that, or your grandparents are. You're going to get married. And what are you going to build your life along, uh, on that will be a literal, living, lasting legacy? Are you willing to build this for future generations? This morning, um, we're in this service this morning, and this is a beautiful reminder of what we are to pass on to our children, that God has been with us. And I hope that you are sharing your stories with your children about how God has delivered you from your Jordan River and that they will ask, mom, how did you get across that? How did you make it out of that? And you're able to say, it wasn't me. It was miraculous. God did it all. And he made a way for me on the other side. You see, Deuteronomy talks about this, doesn't it? It says that when you are at home, you talk about it. When you get up, you talk about it. When you lie down, you talk about God. When you walk along, you talk about God. Whatever you see, but especially if you see stones, talk about the mighty hand of God that delivered you. Do you have a story of your life as a living stone? For you see, the New Testament has a phrase called living stone. It's kind of an odd phrase. How, how can these stones live? But Peter says that there was a precious stone, Jesus Christ, the stone that we have rejected, which has become the cornerstone, and we, like him, are to be living stones, right? Remember at the, at the beginning, I said, wow, what if these stones could talk? That's you. You can talk. You can tell others what God has done. And your life can be such a way that, that it says, how did they do that? It wasn't them. It was God. I have watched you in this congregation. There are some of you here this morning that I'm looking at, and I'm saying, how are you still standing? And I know what you would say, that I have a firm foundation that I build my life upon. And without that, I am seeking sinking sand. A house built on the foundation of Christ will last. Do you have a story you can tell that would help generations remember. I don't know what you have at home, but I want to give you some suggestions and you probably have some that are better than mine, but you could take a stone and just spend some time alone with God, asking him to help you remember how he has helped you across your own Jordan rivers. Or maybe you have a stone at dinner time and you hope that the kids don't throw it at each other, but this stone, you could pass it along and talk about how God has helped you that day. Or maybe you might, I love how Jordan talked about birthdays because I had included this. You have a, st a birthday stone. And how cool would this be that you have it out for birthdays? And what if somebody comes and says, what's that stone about? Ah, let me tell you. And then you can share how God was faithful to you throughout that year. Or maybe you could have a record book out where everyone writes how God had been faithful throughout the year. We are to live faithful lives, giving testimony to how God has delivered us. We are to be living stones who serve as reminders that we live a life built on the foundation of Christ. 
in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come up and get a stone as a family and, or as however you're here today, as couples, as individuals. But before I do that, I want to remind you of something. And some of this, it might be a reminder. Some of you, you may learn this for the first time, and I think it's important for you to remember that. About 16 years ago, on April the 2nd, 2006, and I want to tell you, my son was the living stone who reminded me of this. I had forgotten it. But as I was sharing about my sermon, he says, Mom, you remember when we brought stones to the groundbreaking to where the future church would be built? I was like, you're right. So I did some digging. I want to read to you what was read to us that day. Listen to this. In your hands is a stone that you have used over the past month as a reminder to pray for the life and the mission of this church. It has become a kind of symbol of your commitment and belonging to this community, of all your hopes and aspirations for us. It stands for the trust that you have placed in God, for your, for your promise to support and pray for the mission here, for the legacy you plan to leave behind, and for the promise to serve the Lord in your homes. Like Joshua's memorial, hidden in the waters of the Jordan River, these stones will lie at the base of this church they will be unseen and quiet, known but to God and remembered by no one except those who leave them behind. But every great thing this congregation does in the future, whether it knows it or not, will rise out of this invisible circle of stone, this circle of prayer. Man, at the base of this church today are stones that those who have gone before us prayed for and laid for this church, leaving a legacy of literal living and lasting stones.